here. Joined by my buddy BJ. BJ, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Yeah, I am doing good. We are back after a long layoff, with this, which is par for the course with this podcast. Um, <laughs> we are, the, 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 this podcast is meant to um, get me and BJ together, and what we do is we review comedy specials. Now, you might be wondering, how the heck are you guys doing comedy specials, considering the fact that everybody's stuck at home and can't go anywhere? Well, I have an answer for you, my friend. Colin Quinn got a group of comedians together in New York City and actually did a parking lot comedy show that's now on HBO Max. So it's very apropos of the time. Um, you know, social distancing, masks, the whole thing, but they still did a comedy show with people in their cars. Very strange if you haven't seen it. Um, but we're going to review it now. Uh, before we get going, though, we have a few other podcasts. So, BJ, I don't know if you anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. So, we have Pottering Around, which is our chapter-by-chapter chapter read of Harry Potter. And we are going through uh, Sarah's favorite of the Harry Potter series, uh, Goblet, Goblet of Fire. Of fire. Um, and so, we are hopefully getting into the meat of the story real soon. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. And we are also doing... Uh, we have the broader umbrella podcast that that is under uh the sometimes it feels like the other way around where we're doing uh cozy mysteries which is uh short stories that were nominated for the agatha award uh which has been a lot of fun and uh i hear tell that that you're uh putting the moves on spencer in another podcast under a channel that's right manga talks tv spencer and i um you may know us from the GOT Got Questions podcast, where we reviewed the Game of Thrones TV series and uh, covered the books a little bit, too. So if you you want to check that out, uh, it's still out there. But yeah, we have Mangum Talks TV. It's a different podcast feed where we go through television shows that we just think deserves a little bit of discussion. And right now we are um, reviewing Netflix's Queen's Gambit, about halfway through that. And before that, we did Mandalorian. We breezed through the first two seasons of Mandalorian. So... Uh, a lot of fun, great podcast. We enjoy it. Uh, check it out if you have a chance. But the matter at hand is to discuss this very strange, kind of heartwarming special called Colin Quinn and Friends, a parking lot comedy show that is currently available for streaming on HBO Max. BJ, you and I watched this one together. What are your general thoughts about this? Um, so I have a couple of thoughts about this. One, um, it was a really interesting mix of sort of documentary and comedy show. And I would yeah. say in some ways it sort of leans a little bit more documentary than comedy show because of just how it was presented, how it was shot, um, or, or maybe more of a behind the scenes rather than documentary. Um, and so it was a little bit more behind the scenes than actual uh, like in comedy in front of the camera. Um, would which was kind of funny to see. And I also just have this gut feeling, um, and if you listen to our uh, pottering around, I come out with these much to, sh- to uh, my co-host Sarah Chagrin of my own pet theories of what's going on. I think that Colin Quinn uh, spent a bunch of money, pitched this show to HBO Max as a Burt Kreischer, you are completely insane, and your idea of doing uh, drive-in movie theaters to do stand-up comedy is dumb, and let me make a <laughs> an HBO special as to why. Yeah, so I guess the, the, the background there is that Burt Kreischer had this idea maybe before... I, I don't know if he had the idea before Colin, because Colin did tweet... So Colin's Twitter account is like a joke, right? Mm-hmm. He 
he is not himself. He is some parody of a stand-up comedian, and that's the character that he does on there. And he said, maybe a week, two weeks into March, he was like, "Okay, I have an idea. You know, why don't we do a, a stand, like a, a drive-in comedy show?" And at the time, it was a throwaway joke. It was supposed to be, like, I think he was presenting it as a very lame idea. And I think Bert just did that on his own. I think it might have been just kind of in parallel. B, uh, BJ, you follow Bert Kreischer more than I do, so. It, my understanding, tell me if I'm wrong, is he's been doing these just he's just been touring and doing these all over the country, is that right? Yeah, so so he has been. Um I think like some of his first dates were in April last year. So so that's why like it, I'm guessing that it had to kind of be in the works. So so I, I don't know how quickly Bert was just like, All right, let's just do drive in movie theaters. Um, like I definitely remember that being a thing. Um, he does a podcast with his, one of his best friends, Tom Segura, and and they talked about doing this and he talked about there being other comedians that he's not going to name that give him a lot of crap about this. And so like, I wonder if like either something evolved from it and, and this was sort of a joke thing that they're doing, um, as much more of a bit, or this is really just like. Let me show you how dumb this is. Like, it, I, I, it's kind of unclear. But again, like with Bart starting this at the end of April, like I feel like it had to have been at least fairly far into the work sometime in March, just because everything takes time to set up. Yeah, who knows? Um, but it does seem like similar ideas uh, being executed kind of in parallel. Yeah. Um, but the, so your point about this special, I thought was a good one, which is that it's not... It's not really a comedy special. It's about comedy, but it's not really a comedy special in that you're not sitting there and just watching jokes. As a matter of fact, one of the the criticisms I would have of this is that there wasn't an, a lot of uninterrupted joke telling. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they would show you the sets of the, the, the comedians that were going on in three to five minute cuts. Yeah. You weren't getting a long segment um, from any of the comedians. Now... It didn't look like any of the comedians were, abs- were were killing it, so maybe that was on, maybe that was part of it. Um, but it, it seemed to be more of a, a documentary about the mentality of comedians and more about the need. You know, Colin was trying to tell a story of, hey, you know, the pandemic has happened. But comedians are these neurotic people who need to talk at people. They need to be in front of an audience and look at the links they'll go to do that. Look, they'll they'll do something as preposterous as a um, comedy show to people sitting in their cars. And I felt like that was the story he was trying to tell. He wasn't necessarily trying to, you know, showcase Robert Kelly or Keith Robinson or Bonnie McFarlane or any of the comedians in their actual material. Um, Yeah, and and I also think that's a little bit of a weird way to do it but my presumption is like this was a way for somewhat lesser known comedians to to do some work and so like he's trying to prop them up a bit um as well as you know give them give them some exposure and and tell the story that he wants to tell um and i guess the the reason that I think that this is a little bit more something else rather than just like look at the you know this is preposterous is like the the laziness that the show itself was put together. Oh um, yeah, absolutely yeah. And and so it it's like 
let me show you how this fails rather than like let's put this together because it could be something super cool uh, yeah, I don't know about. I mean, I don't know that Colin wanted it to fail per se. I think he he did. I, I don't know. I, I think that there was a part of this that was, hey, we are we're doing this on something that was. This is all bit predicated on a joke, right? right? But I still think by the time he got to the point where he was like, let's put it on and let's record it and let's have the people show up, I did think he wanted it to be good. I mean, the comedians went out there and tried. I mean, and we know that because they were. Probably the best part of the whole thing is they would come in the back and like grade each other and talk about how they did and like you know clearly wanted to do well. Yeah. Um, like Chris did to Stefano is the best example, right? <laughs> he he went first, and it looked like no one knew what was going on. Um, the the MC Rich Voss had not told the folks in the cars to honk or flash their lights if they liked a joke, so he just was met with silence. And it became a running gag the entire time in the back. Like he just kept talking about how it wasn't fair. Right. <laughs> it was such a such a comedian move. Right. Wasn't fair. He went first. It was still light out. People didn't know to honk. He had like this like laundry list of excuses as to why he didn't do well. Um, that's probably my favorite part of this. Right. Is the comedians talking to each other, grading each other, uh, joking with each other about it. Um, I remember Chris Stefano at one point was like, I think, I, what did he say? Like I, I really bombed out there or something. And Bobby Kelly just cut him off and was like, yeah, I know we watched it. Like, it was such, yeah. <laughs> such a direct it's, shot. It's like, it we like, know. Everybody great. was silent. Like, we got that part. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're so funny. honking their horns, <laughs> flashing their lights now. Like, yeah, we know you bombed. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that was my favorite part of it is the behind-the-scenes stuff. And that's what Colin was trying to show. And yeah. he's done a lot of things like that where he, he really is trying to get into the minds of comedians. And so I think my guess is I, haven't, I have not watched anything Burt Kreischer has done in a long time, but I would bet you he's trying to actually do comedy. Oh, I think Colin here, Colin here was 100%. trying to give you a window into the the psyche of comedians during this weird time. Right, and and like I, I completely agree. I mean, th- there was, I mean, basically the uh, idea behind what Bert was doing was he was really going to put on a comedy show and take a bunch of comedians with him that like he has toured with before that he likes working with and who don't have the options to make money that uh, his tier level comedians have Uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, at, at the sort of upper or middle upper tiers, like they can do podcasts. They, he, he has a couple TV shows that, that came out um and and so like his idea was to like do something very different than colin was doing obviously um and and i think what colin did was successful again as you said at you know giving the uh so the backstage of comedians and sort of how uh almost uh how much comedy and doing comedy in front of an audience is so necessary for for these comedians that they'll take any chance it doesn't matter and like the five to ten minutes that they spend up there you know will probably limp them along for a bit longer until they can do uh sets elsewhere or or something like that um i think it would have been interesting to see a little bit more of the entire set rather than the uh edited version that we had because 
um, unless you see comedy live, you don't get to see people bomb. And we got like for the most part, yeah, like tiny, tiny bits of it. But um, I think with what he was trying to show and them ribbing each other in the back, like a little bit more of like watching the comic bomb and and watching like what everybody else is saying during it rather than sort of like a rehash at the end yeah yeah i <clears throat> i agree I, have you ever seen the jerry seinfeld documentary comedian uh no okay we got to put that one on the list okay. uh, for for Megan laughs to do because it's uh basically jerry uh, chronicles himself uh, trying to get back into stand-up comedy after the seinfeld show ended oh yeah um and he shows himself bomb a lot and like that that was like to your point like you often don't see that <clears throat> and um you you got to see it in that so that that's kind of separate but that that was made me think of it when you said yeah you don't get to see comedians bomb that often one thing that was weird about this show for me is <clears throat> i was watching it and like so bonnie is a good example right bonnie mm-hmm. mcfarlane did like <clears throat> from what i could tell eight minutes or something um i thought she was funny um but you, there was just no laughter, and so I think she f- maybe felt like she bombed. But like as the person watching the special on my couch, you know, I was laughing at what she was saying. So the only thing I know for sure is that Chris Stefano did bomb, <laughs> well, and the only other thing I know for sure is that Keith Robinson did well. Yeah, everybody else seemed to be some weird middle ground where they had some funny jokes, but it was unclear. How it was playing, in matter that that's that that stage with that audience, um, and also a little bit unclear to me. Like, it, you know, did everybody like these folks, or was it just me? You know, like you didn't get a lot of the. Um, I guess you just didn't get the same scorecard you normally get with comedians with this because of the weird venue. Yeah, um, and I I think like I would guess that De Stefano bombed more or less than he expected. Uh, or less than he thought he did, right? But, yeah. But it's kind of a, um, I think he's probably the youngest comedian in that group, and so not having that feedback, he's a lot less confident to like continue on, and so like he's spiraled inward. Um, and I think that as he gets older and more comfortable with his material, he like he's less likely to spiral inward because there are a lot of comedians that will talk about bombing and, and have bombed. And then like, then sometimes like that's the end, basically the end of their set and they, you know, they try and power through it, but like it doesn't do anything. And sometimes like it's a joke or two that bombs, not like the entire set. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, transitioning into the how the comedians actually did and what I thought of the material um, I thought Rachel Feinstein did okay mm-hmm. but I can tell that you know if I was <clears throat> her friend or you know or business manager or something I would advise her like you, you're getting close to one trick pony with the I have a dumb husband thing because her whole whole shtick was well my husband's a firefighter and she had some funny lines about how he would come home and say things like you know hey Sammy said legit we didn't go to the moon you know stupid shit like that 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 was funny it's good material I just feel like she she very much borders on potentially being one note yeah I think Bonnie's the fun, Bonnie's the funniest person that they had except for maybe Colin um, she wasn't able to really shine I didn't never get the sense that she was comfortable on stage but um, yeah she's probably my favorite comedian that they had. 
I thought Robert Kelly's just a 25-year vet, and he just was able to to bang out a decent set. And Keith Robinson was the same way. Yeah. And the only other person I wanted to highlight was a young African-American woman named Marina Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, she might even be younger than Chris. I'm not sure. Um, she thought she did really well. <laughs> she was in the back dancing in front of the guys about how well she did. Mm-hmm. I didn't find her set particularly funny or compelling. Um, and then Colin just seemed his heart wasn't in it by the time he got up there. I think he was ready to wrap the fucking thing up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was that was my read on the comedians. Do you have any uh, specific feedback on the on the content of the jokes from the individual comedians? So um, I think it was Robert Kelly that did crowd work. With the cars, well, yeah, he did, and yeah. I was just like, like it, it's so, it's so impressive to me that like he has to have so much experience doing it that he can just be like, oh, it's cars. Like I know what jokes I can make about like different car types and the people that are in them, and and I, I think it did surprisingly well. And to me, it was super unexpected. Like I, in my mind, I was just like, there is no way that anybody can do crowd work and he did and i and i think he did it successfully yep um yep the the other thing that was just so funny to me um is uh dan soder was talking about visiting his grandmother oh yeah and the joke that he had was like vaguely funny it was you know it's like a broken Roomba with a wig on like his grandmother wandering around but the thing that that amused me even more is um, the way he described it was he like went up and visited his grandma for like a week in like this tiny apartment not doing anything and like just the the like awkwardness of somebody like that just sort of like hanging out in, a, in an apartment like obviously can't do anything you know isn't going anywhere and probably spent the entire time trying to like figure out how to write a joke about spending a very boring week with his grandmother doing nothing and you know probably watching like prices right on repeat yep um so i mean it, it it's stuff like that where the premise of the joke to me is super funny as to like the situation that they that they're trying to get some comedy out of whether the joke ends up being funny or not um and i mean like we had that with uh or i had that with um uh uh, a couple of other comedians I, i think uh kevin had a joke where he you know he was talking about uh his time in the hospital and like male nurses helping him out and it being awkward and and it's just like you know how much time did you spend like you know interacting with a male nurse for like you know 30 minutes maybe and like you had to come up with like this entire scenario in your head um so so yeah like stuff like that just really amuses me even when the joke doesn't doesn't hit that much yeah i liked um i like dan soder's thing of the, the the grandmother waking up and everybody being super excited that she wasn't dead um yeah very very funny thing soder also looked a little bit more confident on stage than some of the others i think a large part of that is just where he's at in his career um yeah. you know because i mean you have like on one side you have like rachel feinstein who like rachel feinstein i, I like her um don't mean to keep picking on her but i don't think that she could she could sell out 
Charlie Goodnight's here in Raleigh, which is like a, a hundred seat <laughs> room. Like I don't, I honestly don't think she could. Right. Not to say she won't be able to one day or that she's not talented. I just don't think she's at that point in her career. Soder could could go national tour and sell out rooms. Yeah. everywhere right um I mean, like, so it's just a different different thing and that that was kind of the brilliance of colin i mean you know these people were there not because of where they are in their career they're there because i, I my impression i got was because of the people that colin goes out and gets coffee with and like <laughs> right it just happened to be right there probably in the same three blocks of manhattan and he just kind of tapped them all to do it yeah um and look and you know something that we talked about briefly is like this is these are east coast comedians and so he probably tapped the ones that he's friendly with that are that are nearby and and sort of wanted to to do this um i it'd be really interesting to hear them talk about it sort of off camera in quotes like not in the context of this special and like how they got pitched it and and what they decided to do like you know did they work out material or whatever else um, mm-hmm. and the other thing that I just, I desperately want to hear, and I think would have made a really funny joke to do, um, in a standup like this is there've got to be comedians that have been doing corporate gigs over zoom and they've got to be like the worst possible thing that you can do as a comedian, because not only do you not get laughs or you only get laughs from like managers in c-suite but it's just the the finest weird line of the the uh jokes that you can tell Mm -hmm. and i mean maybe they 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 don't want to tell jokes about it yet because you know they still want that money (laughs) until uh the the restrictions are lifted so maybe like next year we'll get get all those jokes but um that's sort of one of the things that i when they were talking about like how terrible this getting up in front of cars and having absolutely no reaction was like i wanted a little bit more of like everybody's doing podcasts everybody's doing certain things that they enjoy because basically they get to hang out with either somebody they like or somebody that they don't know but they sort of want to do a podcast with whereas you know these other gigs that they're getting hired for are going to be completely different and i sort of i wanted a little bit more of that talk about what they've been doing backstage along with you know ribbing each other and things like that sure yeah uh you know and i don't know maybe these guys weren't doing a bunch of corporate gigs over zoom i don't know i know some of the comedians are but um you know it's unclear um with these folks how much of that they were really doing um anything else you want to cover uh on this on this special um, I think that we've gone through most of it. I, I must say that I enjoy, like, if you had given me, like, a summary of what it was beforehand, and, like, I, you know, well, I don't think that I would have expected to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and there is some humor in watching comedians bomb and then give each other shit about them bombing that is a lot more genuine in sort of the type of humor than uh than what usually get for a comedy special yeah i agree it also seemed to be one where it was it's fun to watch with other people because of the bombing Mm -hmm. um or the 
kind of bombing or whatever was happening there. Yeah. Um, where uh, it was fun to watch with other people because there were times when those when comedians were breaking the fourth wall because they were uncomfortable themselves, and that is also yeah that that's a lot more fun to do um, around other people. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think this is worth a watch. I, I'm looking here on like IMDb has it rated. I guess uh, this like people who've watched it or whatever have rated it 5.5 out of 10. I think that's way too low. I, I, I give this a solid seven. Yeah. Well, so I think the biggest problem that it has is if you go into it as a this is going to be a comedy special. Somebody's going to tell me jokes and I'm going to be entertained. You're going to be sorely disappointed. Um, but if you right. go into it kind of with an open mind and are able to find the entertainment and interest in comedians talking about bombing, bombing, giving each other shit, like, I think it's definitely, you know, worth a watch, worth spending the time. I think that's a, that's a pretty good, pretty good summary here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's going to be one of those things that like me, you and I watched it now seemed like a normal thing to watch. In 15 years, there's going to be some 19-year-old who is just flipping through HBO's backlog and is going to see this and be like, what in the fuck was that? <laughs> what the hell were they yeah. doing I mean, then? So it's going to look really weird. In what's in definitely going to happen is you're going to get, you know, Chris DiStefano is going to get big or, uh, you know, Marina Franklin or one of, you know, somebody's going to get big enough that, that somebody's going to go into their back catalog, find this, be like, oh, there are a bunch of comedians in this. I have to watch this and, and be like, this was the worst waste of time that I've ever put into watching something of theirs. For sure. All right. Any concluding thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, it was fun. I'm looking forward to our, our next foray into comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Mangum Laughs. You can check us out at the Mangum Talks podcast channel. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. See you.